0: That you cannot get out of your head. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence or explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. I pulled up to the beach house and the weight of the last 18 months finally started to lift. I took a huge breath as I looked up at the gorgeous Oceanside cottage I'd rented for the month and felt the first glimmer of hope that I'd felt since my husband announced that he was leaving me for his assistant and that she was six months pregnant. The months that followed were a blurry horror show as I dealt with my life as I knew it being blown to bits by my husband's betrayal. I'd never been a depressed or hopeless person before my husband sat me down at the kitchen island we'd painstakingly picked out together when we had still been in love to tell me that not only did he no longer love me or find me attractive, he was starting a whole new family and would be leaving forever that very night. At first I thought he would at least take care of me financially. It was the least he could do for leaving me devastated and alone after 12 years of marriage but a whole new side of him emerged during the divorce, and he took every last cent that he could to fund the new life that he'd built behind my back. Luckily, the judge awarded me the house, which I immediately put on the market and sold for a significant amount more than we'd paid for it. It wasn't enough to live off of forever, but it was enough for me to quit my job and take a year to travel, starting with an extended stay on my favorite beach in Maine. As I pulled my suitcase from the trunk of my rented car, I felt a weak smile creeping onto my face, and I liked the way that it felt. I felt excited to spend time in the town that held so many of my favorite childhood memories, and even more excited to plot out the next phase of my adventure, thinking maybe I'd go abroad to Indonesia or Australia and get as far away as I could physically get from my bastard of an ex-husband, his heartless new wife, and their demon spawn. I brought my bag up to the house and the smell of fresh baked bread and sea air wafted over me as I opened the front door. There was a basket of welcome pastries and a bottle of wine waiting for me in the middle of the dining room table, and I dropped my bag in the middle of the floor and opened the bottle as the thrill of being able to do whatever I wanted to do without regard for another person started to wash over me. It was two o'clock in the afternoon, and if I wanted to get wine drunk in broad daylight, I would. I sipped my wine as I toured the house, making a mental note of which room I should sleep in just in case I got too drunk to figure it out later. I pulled open all of the curtains on the massive windows as wide as I could so that all I could see in every direction was the sea raging below me. I'd booked the cottage because it was walking distance to downtown and all of the shops and ice cream parlors I had been obsessed with as a child and I was excited to go exploring and see what was still there after 20 years. But that could wait until the next day. I decided that that afternoon I would put on some music, throw back the rest of the wine, and enjoy reconnecting with myself, with the me that I had lost track of as I put my husband's needs first, and then supported him while he built his business, and then picked up the pieces when he threw a grenade into the life he'd said he'd wanted, but then ultimately abandoned. I wandered around the grounds for the rest of the afternoon, the bottle of wine in one hand and my glass in the other, taking in the beauty and majesty of my surroundings and allowing myself to get more and more excited about the adventures in front of me. The world was so much bigger than my problems, and it was exhilarating to remember that. I could be whoever I wanted and go wherever I wanted to go and it dawned on me for the first time that this was the beginning of the rest of my life and that that life was going to be extraordinary. Around eight o'clock, the weight of consuming a bottle of wine and the exhaustion from the trip finally took a hold and I put myself to bed fully clothed and very, very happy. Around 3 a.m. I was awoken by a repetitive slapping sound coming from somewhere just outside of my bedroom window. I laid in bed for a while studying the sound, thinking that it must have been a shutter slapping against the side of the house in the wind. I rolled over and covered my head with the pillow, suddenly very aware of my impending hangover and just how much I would need a good night's sleep if I was going to avoid feeling like garbage the next day. As hard as I tried, I couldn't fully block out the sound and the slap, 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 slap echoed in my head and kept me from being able to relax enough to fall asleep. After five minutes of trying and failing to go back to sleep, I finally dragged myself out of bed and found my flip flops where I'd abandoned them in the living room. I dug around in the kitchen drawers until I found a flashlight and then made my way outside to figure out what exactly was making the sound and then stop it so I could get some rest. I followed the house to the approximate place where I thought my bedroom would be, and as I rounded the corner, I could see movement on the ground below what I guessed was my bedroom window. I trained my flashlight on the spot on the ground where the movement was and was surprised to see what looked like a cellar door bobbing up and down about a foot from the ground and then closing shut with a slap over and over again. I paused and studied the door, wondering what could be making it open and close like that. There was relatively little wind blowing, so it didn't seem likely that the wind had caught it and was making it flap in place. Hesitantly, I inched forward, and the slapping continued rhythmically as I approached. Slap, 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 slap. When I was about a foot away from the cellar door, it suddenly slammed shut and stopped, and I stumbled back a few inches, stunned and thrown off balance by the sudden change. Just as I caught my breath and started to inch forward again, the door opened and then slammed shut, followed by more opening and closing even faster and more furiously than it had before. Slap, 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 slap. I scanned the ground and spotted a thick branch nearby and before I could lose my courage, I snatched it off the ground, rushed toward the door, slammed it shut with my foot and then wedged the branch under the thick metal handles used to pull it open. I took several steps back trying to catch my breath as I studied the door for more movement But there was none. I waited for several minutes and when I was confident I trapped whatever was making the racket I turned to go back into the house. Just as I started to walk away I heard a long slow scratching sound along the length of the door. I paused again to listen and the long scratching sound was followed by a series of short more concentrated scratches. The sound of someone trying to get out of the cellar raccoons i said to myself making a mental note to send a message to the owner in the morning to let them know that they had an unwanted guest living in their cellar i went back in the house double checked that all of the doors and windows were secured so that if the raccoon had a family they wouldn't come inside to seek their revenge for imprisoning their family member and then put myself back to bed it didn't take me long to fall back into a deep luxurious sleep I woke up very early the next morning, a little dried out, but otherwise feeling pretty good for someone who had only had wine for dinner the night before. My stomach growled to remind me of that fact, and I went into the kitchen to survey the basket of pastries and canisters of coffee the host had left me. I watched the sun come up over the ocean from the back deck, and once it was late enough in the morning that I knew the shops would be opening, I showered and then got ready to explore the town. It was a perfect early summer day, and I walked the half of a mile into the village, enjoying the distinct smell of salt in the air, and the sound of the waves crashing on the rocks below. The town was almost exactly the same as I'd remembered it from 20 years before, and the same wood shingled shops still lined the small streets. I never particularly liked saltwater taffy, but I stopped in to sample a piece for old time's sake, and then browsed the clothes being sold by a local designer next door. I had a beautiful lunch in the family-owned restaurant that we'd eaten at when I was a kid, followed by a glass of wine on the deck of a bar that overlooked the ocean. I started to feel the effects of my interrupted sleep around 3 p.m. and decided to walk home for a nap before dinner. I took my time to leave the town, peeking in windows as I went to see if there was anything I just couldn't live without. My mind drifted back to my old life and my now ex-husband, And for the first time in a long time the memories didn't gut me and send me into a spiral of shame and regret in fact i realized with a smile i didn't feel bad at all there was a dull ache from being treated so poorly but as i reflected back i started to see my ex in a new light he'd been so full of energy and so very funny when we'd first met He was always planning adventures for us and pushing me to try new things that I wouldn't have otherwise. He was the one who convinced me to take a chance and buy a fixer-upper, and we had had so much fun bringing it back to life together. But as the years wore on and he worked long hours to build his business, he laughed less and had less energy for adventure and all of the responsibilities that come with owning a 100-year-old home started to heap onto my plate on top of my own career responsibilities. I realized for the first time that I was still in love with the man I'd met just after college, but that man had moved out a long time ago, and I'd never noticed that a new man had taken his place without me realizing it. Not only had I taken over the responsibility of caring for our property and working full-time to support us both financially as his business floundered in the early years, I also took over the role of planning spontaneous events for us to enjoy together and reading books to have interesting and relevant things to bring up over dinner and went out of my way to stay fit and fashionable to impress his peers at the endless networking events we attended. Fuck him, I whispered and suddenly stopped and turned to face the sea. I had still been wearing my wedding ring because I hadn't quite been ready to close that chapter of my life but without thinking about it, I pulled the ring off of my finger and tossed it over the cliff and into the raging waters below. As soon as the ring hit the water, I let out a loud cackle that was a mixture of pure joy and pain, and I took a few minutes to breathe in the fresh air and replace the air in my lungs that I'd carried with me from my old life with the air of my new life. A life that was all mine and would be lived on my terms and my terms alone. I decided I'd take myself out to a nice dinner that night to celebrate and was excited to wear the beautiful new necklace I'd picked up that afternoon with my favorite summer dress. I took one last deep breath and then turned to head home. About halfway between town and my cottage, I was snapped out of my happy fog when I spotted a small child sitting with their back to me on the side of the road. I squinted to see if her parents were nearby, but I didn't spot anyone else anywhere. The road was completely empty except for the two of us. From a distance, she looked like she was wearing a long-sleeved t-shirt and long pants, and I became even more concerned because the temperature was close to 80 degrees and in the full sun, long sleeves and pants would be extremely uncomfortable. I quickened my pace and called out to the girl, Hey kiddo, are you okay? She didn't look back or give any indication that she'd heard me, and I paused to look over the side of the cliff to see if her parents were maybe on the beach below, but there was just a steep drop-off to the ocean crashing on the giant rocks, and no path or beach where they could have been looking for her. I looked around again hoping to see a person rushing toward us panicked that their child was playing in the dirt on the side of the road but there was still no one but me and the child anywhere in sight my hair stood on end as i realized that there was something wrong but i didn't have a choice but to approach the little girl and figure out what she was doing there i couldn't leave her alone knowing she could get hit by a car blindly driving too fast around the nearby bend in the road or that some adult with bad intentions could find her there and take advantage of the lost and vulnerable girl. I took a deep breath, shoved my fear down and approached her cautiously, constantly scanning the area around us for any sign of danger. Sweetie, are you okay? I asked again when I was a handful of feet away. I paused to listen and could hear a faint scratching sound as she arranged something in the gravel in front of her. Hey there, is everything all right? I said even louder and took another step toward her. I turned in a circle to make sure there was no one behind me, and when I turned back, the girl was still hunched over and focused on the ground in front of her, her shoulders moving slightly as she worked on whatever had such a strong hold on her attention. As I slowly closed the gap between me and the child, my heart started to race and panic started to balloon in my chest. Hi, sweetie, I said weakly when I was just a foot behind her. Where are your parents? I could hear the dirt in front of her moving around softly, and she remained fixated on her task, her little arms working intently on something in front of her. I tentatively looked over her shoulder and squinted into the mid afternoon sun to see what was holding her attention so firmly. I could make out several tiny white sticks and realized that she was forming them into a word. I squinted even harder and slowly made out each letter crudely pieced together on the dusty ground in front of her. U N D E R. Under? Under? I said out loud and took another step forward. I leaned over to get a better look at what she was doing and when I was just a couple of inches from her back, I realized in horror that she wasn't arranging small sticks. This small child, who was alone on the side of the road, had written the word under in tiny bones. I blinked a couple of times to make sure I was seeing what I was seeing and started to extend my hand to pull her back from the bones, knowing they could give her an awful infection if the animal they came from had died recently. Just before my hand made contact with her shoulder, I got close enough to see that she wasn't actually arranging the bones with her hands because she didn't have any hands. Poking out from the ends of her long sleeves were jagged flaps of skin with her arm bone protruding from the middle. She was slowly pushing the tiny bones on the ground into place with the round end of her arm bone, and the horrifying thought flashed through my mind that the tiny bones on the ground looked like they could have previously been connected to make up a child's hands. I pulled my hand back and reeled in place for a moment, trying to make sense of what I was seeing and trying to decide what to do. My instinct was to run, but I was frozen with fear, and I could feel my mind on the verge of splitting from what I had stumbled upon. A deep, roaring sound filled my head and I couldn't tell if the sound of the ocean had somehow gotten louder or the beastly noise was coming from inside of me. My heart filled with a deep ache for the little girl that was immediately overcome by a searing terror as I could just make out a tiny, sinister laugh coming from the direction of the child. I managed to catch my breath and just before I was able to turn and run, I felt a small set of teeth clamping onto my ankle and the world went This story was written by Courtney Eck and narrated by Courtney Eck. For more scary stories that you cannot get out of your head, please join our Patreon at Patreon slash Please Leave Pod. Please follow Please Leave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Please Leave Pod. Our email is pleaseleavepod at gmail.com. And our website is pleaseleavepod.com. This has been a Two Penguins Media Production.